Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. So, anybody has a first question? Anybody wants to ask? Pastor, so uh, first question uh, that I I was thinking about, and uh, whenever we went to the conference uh, at. Uh, um, next level, their conference. Yeah, it was awesome. Whenever we were at the workshop, this question popped up, and I think it's really, really important. Uh, your answer was just was really awesome, and it's really um, important to ask this question for. I mean, here we have worship leaders, people that are part of teams, and I'm pretty sure that they are uh, seeking for this question. I mean, even though they're not thinking about it, but they are whenever in, in their church. So pretty much the question is, what are the requirements for you to have a musician in a team, like a person playing the worship team, and or in the service, um, I mean, anything related to production, anything related to uh, projection, because I know you lead all that. So what are the requirements for even photography, for taking pictures of the yeah. service and all that? Are you, and let me ask, let me ask you a question just because I want to go the right vein. Yeah. Are you talking spiritual? Are you talking both of about them. both of them? Yeah, okay. both of them. Um, yeah. So, on a um, let me start with the practical really quick, and I don't want to, I don't want to be. Um, I'm just gonna be real. That's okay. Can I be real? Okay. And if you're not a part of creative ministry, please don't hear what I'm not saying. But the thing with creative ministry is this: the thing with creative ministry on a practical level is that you need both heart. You need to have a heart for God. But then you need to know a little bit of skill. You see what I'm saying? So it's great. And pl please hear my heart. I know this is, I'm, I'm diving into some, but we're going to keep it real. Um, you have a great heart. You love God. But you can't sing on, sing on pitch. We love you, but there's a better place for you to serve. Yes? Uh, man, I love God and I'm amazing, but I can't keep a beat. We love you. Man, be an amazing greeter. Like, be an ama like in production, there's opportunities to be a part of that. So, so hear my heart on this. I'll talk, to, I'll talk about that in just a second. Social, we have some thoughts on that. But the first thing for us on a spiritual level is this. Uh, we have what we call, and I can make this available to you guys if you want, but we have what we call our, um, our, our leadership behavioral core values and what we call for leaders, biblical qualifications for leadership. So biblical qualifications for leadership, what that means is this. For anybody that has a lot of stage time is what we would call it, that are in front of people, that God has given them a moral authority. That's what we believe. If you're up there, uh, whether you know it or not, people that are coming in think that on a spiritual level, you're in a different place. Now, I'm not saying that's true or not, but that's, so we take that very seriously because we want to make sure that if you are out eating dinner, we're not going to be legalistic, but we want, we want to know that you understand that God has given you moral authority over people. So there is a whole thing biblically that we see where uh, it is a little different for our worship ministers. Uh, we do call them up to certain things. We do say, hey, there's, there's some things that we're asking you as, as a part of this house. If God's called you to this house, we will not drink in public. We will not do certain things in public. Uh, again, we're very clear about what the Bible says. Drunkenness is sin. But whatever you do in your home by yourself, that's, that's, we're not, we're not going to be legalistic about that. But if you're a part of this team, Here's what we're calling you up to. We do that before they even audition sometimes because we want them to know we take this incredibly seriously. Now, it's not to say that the production team or the, that we don't call them up to that, 
but they're not in front of people. So we can do a little bit more pastoring. We can do, and again, every house has a different flow with that. So on a spiritual level, there's, there's a lot of those things that we do talk through and make sure that, uh, that they line up with the heart of the house. We've had, just keeping it real with you, I've had people, and I don't longer do this because we have systematized that and our pastors have been trained on this, but uh, I had people that, amazing singers, actually love God, and then we would get to the biblical qualifications of leadership, and, she, and I had a girl who was like, I, I live with my boyfriend. Okay, well, hey, we love you. We're not going to kick you out of the church, but you can't serve until, and then we would biblically walk him on the why. Why we see it this way. The Bible says you're to be married. Not anything that's public for us. So she could serve in a different ministry, you know, uh, greeters, experience. Like, yeah, there's other ministries where, you know, because here's the thing. I hope we're reaching those people. Like, legit, like, I hope we're reaching people. Like, we've had people that come in, amazing musicians, are hooked on marijuana or drugs or whatever, and, like, that's awesome. We're going to be in relationship, but we're going we're gonna to disciple you first. We're going to teach you what God's heart is first. Because your identity shouldn't be on a thing. Your identity should be on Christ first. So if you have confusing dilemmas biblically with living with a, or sex outside of marriage, we're not going to ostracize you, but we're going to walk with you, and we're going to place you in a different place, but we're going to allow you to understand. I had a guy uh, who, one of our best worship leaders, can I tell you, one of the most God-loving men I've ever met. And I happened to live in his neighborhood. This was like eight years ago. And one day I'm coming in my neighborhood, and I noticed that it was late. It was like 9 o'clock at night, and I saw that his girlfriend's car was there. And I was like, I was like, man, I've never talked to him about that. And this is before we had all this much more organized. I sat with him. I was like, hey, man, does she live with you, or was she just there late? And he kind of started crying. He's like, yeah, she lives with me for money, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, all of that to say, uh, we had to walk him off the team. He stayed at the church. He was serving in a different ministry. Uh, they got married about a year and a half after, and about a year and a half later, he was back on our stage leading worship. So the heart is discipleship for us, and, and all those details matter. So on a practical level, yeah, man, we have, we have standards on, on some of the things. Uh, when it comes to, uh, to musicians, uh, we are not an academy, so we don't have a, a place and a time to spend a lot of time developing uh, people that, let's call it for us, are, are just getting started. We have a lot of uh, places we send them to. We have vocal coaches that we go, hey, if you're serious about this and you feel God's calling you to do this, here's where you're at according to what we see in terms of skill that we call for the house. But here's a vocal coach you should do six months with. Come back and re-audition. And we have a drummer. Like, and again, everything's on YouTube now. Like, so, like, so we have a lot of resources to help people get better. But then once they're, once they're on the team, like, for instance, let me give you, for a drummer, uh, can you play on click? Yep. Can you carry out the song exactly like we have it on the track? Great. So there's very specific, basic things that we do that help that. But yeah, man, so we try not to be legalistic, but it is true. Like, I love photography. I'll show us your portfolio. I don't have a portfolio. Great. Do three months of a portfolio. Shadow one of our photographers. We want to build you up. But we've had people like, yeah, I love photography. And you look at their Instagram, it's like, oh, no, they don't love it. They just think they love it. And that's okay. We're going to help them develop. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think that sometimes, I think sometimes in church we get confused and we go, oh, just because they have a great heart, it's okay. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Development matters. But then let's also not lie to people. We've had people that we've allowed in our ministry that haven't grown. They don't have the gift. And then it's so much harder later when you have to sit down and go, hey, it's actually not working out. Then their feelings get hurt. So we try to do all of that on the front end. Try to do our best with that. But um, so we've missed I have, it. I have two questions, actually. So the first question is connecting to what you're saying right now, with developing people's skills and making sure they have the skills to sing or play, whatever. So 
when we have worship practice, you have worship practice. Let's mm-hmm. say they come, but they're not ready to sing or to play that song they're supposed to. Yeah. And what's your expectation on that? Like, how do you tell them, hey, we expect this from you? Mm-hmm. And what's your guidelines to follow up? Like, hey, you know, if, if this keeps happening, that's what's going to happen. You, yeah. you don't want to lose nobody because you already don't have that many people. You know, at least sure. us, we don't have that much, many people that can't play, sing, whatever. So we're going to keep yeah. everybody. But at the same time, we want to keep a standard of what we expect. First yeah. question. And the second question is just how you challenge the worship leader or the leaders of the teams to go find people. Because that's one thing that happens many times, cool. I, I believe, with you too. They come to us expecting that we'll find people. Right. But we are busy with all this stuff and trying to teach them how to yeah. build their own team. So no, That's really good. All right. Remind me of the first one. I'm a little bit like ADD. So you said the first one was the standards. Yeah. How to hold the standards for worship. I'm going to start with my story. I grew up in church with the, uh, you know, with the cheat sheet, every song, because I needed to know where I was going. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm a volunteer, honor my time, pastor, you know? Um, when I got to Next Level, the pastor looked at me and said, hey, so here, we don't, we don't use, we, we ask our musicians to memorize the entire set. And I was like, what? How, I, a little offended. I'm like, how dare you, man? I, got, I work at the bank, you know? He said, will you trust me on this? Will you just take me up on the challenge? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get up on that stage, and music's going to be secondary to you. Your primary thing is going to be worship. You're going to actually live out the song, worship from a different place. And at first, I was a little bit like, man, this is, this is a little inconsiderate. But I took him on the challenge. I'm like, I'll try it, man. It changed my life. It changed the way I worship on stage. It did. I, I, I would show up, and I wasn't thinking about where I was going or where I was going I knew this on second nature, so what I was doing was just worshiping. It was just flowing out of me. And, and, and so that is one of, for instance, that's one of the standards that we have. It is hard, and I've been there, where we had only 14 musicians. And, uh, and we committed to say, here's going to be our standard. That's, that's one of the things that I was talking about. What's your value? We are never going to, we're never going to, let me say this. Standards, we can lower it depending on where the church is at, and we might take some musicians that are growing, but the, the commitment to the team will never change. The commitment to the team will never lower that standard because here's why. If we're saying, for us, rehearsal is not practice. That's what we say. Rehearsal is not practice. Rehearsal for us is an opportunity collectively to go through the songs and actually spiritually prepare the atmosphere. So we're not just showing up to practice because when we practice, we have to stop. we got to think. So there's a, you're not really staying in the spirit. We show up, we run through the songs one time, and then the second run through, we're worshiping. We're preparing the atmosphere. So for us, if you come and you're not practiced up, we're going to know. And what we say lovingly is, on a private conversation, we go, hey, man, so I know, and this is just a real story that happened six weeks ago in one of our locations. Uh, our, Our worship pastor had to sit down with someone and go, hey, Uggie spent three hours preparing. Marlon spent four hours preparing. I know you didn't. So what we're saying is your time is more valuable than theirs. We're not going to do that because we win together. We lose together. So we do it as Matthew 18 says it. We have one conversation and privately, hopefully, you'll win your brother over. If the second time we bring a leader and we have a conversation about the same thing, by the third time, what we say is like, hey, maybe, maybe, you need, maybe you need some time to really think about if you're supposed to be a part of this team. Because if it's not a team thing, then it's going to continue to be that. But the moment you lower that standard because you don't have people, you're always going to be in that revolving thing. You will. So we're going to hold up the standard and we're going to say, we love each other. Yes? 
Amen. You love each other? Yes. You care for God? Yes. Are we all committing to spend a couple hours preparing for the, for the Thursday rehearsal? Yep. Then let's do that. And if we all say yes to that, let's hold people up. Let's call people up to that. What we've seen is uh, it actually also, especially the young ones, the new ones, they grow so much faster because they're going to have to spend more time during the week preparing for that. I'm the creative arts executive pastor at the church. I play next weekend. I play drums. I will spend four hours preparing. I will play that song over and over and over again because when I get in that drum set, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be worshiping. I'm not going to be thinking about the set. I'm not gonna be, but we've held that in such way that the conversations privately lead back to that original idea that we shared. So I don't know if that helps, but that's kind of the thing. What was your second question? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that that has to do with what I shared earlier, right? So um, if, it is, if it is our thing, it's not, it's not going to be a, you're not going to be as motivated. But if we see it, this is, again, as it is, this is God's church, and God's growing this church. By default, the Bible says that uh, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Our role is, we're leaders, right? We're not just here leading worship. We're leaders. A leader is someone that influences. A leader is someone that that inspires, that, that helps others. Again, our first priority is to get other people to fulfill their God-given potential within our ministry. So, I mean, I'm going to be really, this is going to sound a little bit insensitive, but it's not. I looked at our team when we had 14 people, and I said, we got three months. We got three months to double our team. So here's what we're going to do. Every week, we're all going to share about a conversation. I'm not saying you're going to, you don't work for a, <laughs> You don't work or serve at a bank, right? Like, you got to give back 3% of what you... No, no, no. I'm saying I want conversations. Everybody's committed to bringing back conversations. So either you're knowing someone in our church or you're finding people. And we committed to those three months, man. And every, every weekend, we were in the foyer. We were wherever you're at, whatever that means for you guys, just talking to people and letting them know, we're, we're, hey, if you know anybody, we're, we're looking for people. We're looking for people. We just became that. That's the culture we started to, to inspire for. And the, the ministry is not just the pastor. The church is not the pastors. Like, it's all of you're the church. I'm the church. I have a responsibility to help build the church, right? His responsibility or Pastor Raphael's responsibility, the Bible talks about it. They're, they're going to be held to a different standard because they're teaching God's word. That's a part of what they do, teach. But building the church, building one another, building people, that's you and I. There's no... You don't need a pedigree for that. To find someone that needs to be, and that's the other thing. Who needs to be? It's not so much what we need. There's people that need this. Like, that's, that's the, all the, the other spiritual mind shift for us was, no, no, it's not about me playing guitar. Someone needs to be there, too. God's going to do something. I know what God is doing in me. Someone else needs that. So I, I, I always go back to just creating that culture and, and creating that expectation and again, you're not asking the team to come back with three people on the team. No, no, come back with, I want to hear about conversations you're having with the church people. For two reasons. One, we're recruiting. Or two, can I tell you what happens when your church people know you and you're leading them in worship? They're going to trust you when you say, come on, can we raise our hands to heaven? Because they're going to know your heart. They're not going to just know the worship leader. They're going to know your heart. So if at least you're bringing those types of conversations, we're doing one or two things. We're building trust with the church. Or God's providing for us. And I didn't say this in the message. We literally will put a sticky note out with the whole team. 
big sticky note. And we go, okay, here's where we want to go. Here's what we have right now. We have three worship leaders, a drummer, two guitarists, and a keyboarder. We want to add three more vocalists, two more drummers, whatever it is. And then we circle it. And then every single time we rehearse, we bust out that little sticky note and we pray. God, provide. This is your church. God, you love this church more than I love this church. You're growing this church, God. So provide for us. God, we're praying for worship leaders. And not just worship leaders. God, people that love you, that want to grow in you, that will have the same heart, that will fight for the same thing. God, provide, provide, provide. And I'm telling you, man, it's true what the Bible says. I've never seen, I'm, David says it. I was young once and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. That is for their house too. So, amen. Any other questions, any other thoughts? Yes. So, um, Pastor, hi. First What's of your name? Camilla. Camilla, nice. And um, I have a question. Like, I've heard a lot of worship leaders and pastors saying that um, the worshipers, especially the people that are singing, um, were supposed to help lead the church to worship. But I was always confused. Like, how do we exactly lead the church to worship? Like, is that like, I know it's not a formula, or it is. I don't know. Like, that kind of confuses me. Like, how can we lead the church to worship? Awesome. I think it's a phenomenal question. And honestly, that's a question I'm asking our teams to ask more often. Because there's a very big difference between leading a song in worship and leading the church in worship. Uh, I'll tell you the key for me. The biggest thing that I, I'm encouraging our worship leaders to do is this. Again, I just kind of shared a little bit ago. There's times where I, I'll hear worship leaders say things like, oh, I'm leading that song. I don't like that song. You know, stay with me, stay with me. Um, or oh, we're doing that song again. Are you kidding? Okay, real talk. This happens. So I'm not, I'm not I know you're laughing, but this happens. So, but here's, here's what I'm teaching our, our, our worship leaders. So before I tell you a little bit about the leading of the church, if we treat God's assignment like that, He's not going to bless us with leading the church into worship because I'm coming in already going, I want to lift my hands right can see heaven. So you're not, your spirit's not in it. Your heart's not in it. So the, what we're teaching our worship leaders is this. Hey, your leaders are praying about the worship set. Like we pray about this stuff. We spend time in God's presence. We, we spend time making the arrangements. Like we do. We spend time with God. Can you trust that God is actually doing that? And that when we pray about who's supposed to sing it, that is not an assignment from Lewis. That is an assignment from God. This is God's assignment for you this weekend. So I think that changes the way you prepare. I think that changes the way you hear the song. I think that changes the way you practice the song. I think that changes the way you get up and you start singing the song. Does that, how does that song play in your life? So if I'm singing about raising hallelujah, my kid at seven years old, when I was, that's why I was crying here, I was thinking about even just the last two years, I had a pretty rough last two years in ministry but I'm sitting here going God you're giving me the honor and the opportunity to speak into people I don't deserve this I will raise a hallelujah so when I hear that song I'm not hearing just the lyrics I'm not hearing just the song in from my soul I'm saying I raise a hallelujah because God you've been faithful God you are good so I think if you can walk into the weekend thinking and really spiritually prepared as God's assignment for this weekend from me is this. I'm going to be prayed up and prepped up. The rest is up to God. Then I think the way you lead that song, it's going to be much different. Now, how do we lead the congregation? One, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
and, and again, as you continue to grow in your, in your experience as a worship leader, is, is discernment and is discerning where people are at. So sometimes, again, that's easier to do. Like you walk in, one of our services, 10, 30 service in our locations are usually a lot of new people. So we get a lot of this. Now, if I'm a worship leader and I go, man, they're just not receiving from God. What am I doing? This song's not hitting. You start kind of going down the path. I don't know what God's doing in their hearts. But what I know in that moment is this. Come on, hey, if you're, if you're new to this, we just want you to know the words are going to be on the screen. So really simple. We should just sing the, the words on the screen. You see what I'm saying? Or if you know, like, some of it is really being in tune with the Spirit of God. So one of the things that we tell our worship leaders, especially those that are leading songs, is don't close your eyes the whole time. I'm not saying don't worship, but if you have your eyes closed the whole time, you have no idea what's happening in the congregation. So we actually ask our worship team members that are leading, especially our worship pastors, feel, feel what God is doing in the, whole, in the room. Like sense what's going on in the spirit. So, for instance, when we get to the Salem moments um, last weekend, we felt we were doing goodness of God. We felt we needed to teach the church how to sing a song of thankfulness. So here, here's the church. We're in the Salem moment. Come on right now. Whether you're comfortable or not, what are you grateful for today? Will you just tell Jesus right now, in your own words, Jesus, I'm thank you for my family. Jesus, I'm thank you for my job. I thank you for, and then we just start singing, thank you, Jesus. And so we're leading, we're, now we're taking you from this pasture to a greener pasture, to a still water. You know what I'm saying? So some of it is that, and some of it is asking your pastors, hey, what does the church need? Where are they at? What do we need to be saying? What do we need to be, for us, same thing. There's services where it's like, it's very obvious. There are services where it's like, man, it's filled with faith. They're, they're coming. But especially if you have new people or people that are uncomfortable, this is key. If you write this down, this might be the one thing that helps you. Don't tell people what to do. Invite them. Come on, close your eyes and raise your hands. Now, I'm a little bit old school. I'm like, don't tell me what to do, bro. I'm here for God, you know. But if you say, Hey, if you're comfortable right now, would you close your eyes? If you're comfortable, would you raise your hands? God is here. Is you're helping them understand what it is that we're doing. Who are we worshiping? This is not about us. It's about God. So come on, if you're comfortable. The Holy Spirit of God is here. He wants to speak to you. Can you, can you close your eyes right now? And just for 30 seconds, can we just, can we just listen? And it might be a thought. And it might be something else. And then we just kind of let the Lord do his thing. But we're just basically, if you think about sheep, you're taking the sheep and you're placing them in a green pasture, Psalm 23, and still water. So, again, I wish there was like an A, B, C, D, but I think there's some better things that we can do. And in that sensitivity, I think the Lord can lead us in a better way to lead his people to his presence. So, cool. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, hello, I'm Sarah. Two more questions. Cool. All right. So What's your name? Roman? Sarah. Sarah, I knew that. I saw you earlier. <laughs> so I wanted to check with you, like, um, when we're all worshiping and you're either in back vocal or leading the, the song and you feel that you have to say something, you feel, you feel in your spirit that you have to say something, but you don't want to cross. Mainly if you're in a back vocal, you don't want to cross the litter. Like, how do you do that? Should I? Or how do you do it? Yeah, that's a great question. For us, I think that that all comes down to, uh, to, to just the, the, the spiritual submission and, and then, honestly, the, the spiritual structure in which you guys operate, right? So, for instance, um, I'm going to give you an example. We have what we call music directors. 
So we have an MD usually on the keys, and they have a microphone speaking to the whole band. Uh, Luke, who is our, one of ours, he's actually on our staff. And there, was a, there was a time where we were kind of flowing in the spirit, <clears throat> and our pastor and our worship pastor were, were telling us to go somewhere, but he felt like he was something else. And uh, it was brutal <laughs> because here's the pastor going, come on, we're singing this. And then the band's playing something else. So it was a great opportunity for him and I to connect. And what we talked about was this, is that um, when it comes to whoever's, whoever, like just like I was saying to you, the assignment in that moment is for that worship leader to lead. So we have, here's how we've said it. If we trust that God has called us here, if we trust that God has put us on this team, and that's the person right now that is assigned to, to lead, then it is an opportunity for us to trust God with that. Now, what Luke, what I taught Luke was this. What I need you to do in the future is pull them. Hey, here's what I was feeling in this song. And then you submit that thought. Now, if you submit that thought, that idea, and nothing's done with it, you got to trust that God gave it to you, and you're just being open-handed, right? If, if, you, if what happened with Luke was he said that he actually got his feelings hurt. He's like, man, but I thought. And I'm like, bro, next time, pull him. Pull him aside while we're in that moment and go, hey, here's what I'm feeling. You guys have a quick conversation. But part of it is, let me say this. That sounds all pretty in theory. I would say all that comes back down to trust. To trust with God and then trust with that person, right? Because, uh, because essentially what, what we're saying is, if, if I'm just the one doing it the whole time, then I'm lording it over it. It doesn't mean that God won't speak to you for something like that. But what it means is, how, how do you do that? So I don't know how that would work for you guys. But I would encourage you that in those moments... Um, the greatest priority is for God to minister to his people. So whoever is leading that song in that moment is, where, is, who, is who's leading the congregation. Doesn't mean you're less than spiritually. It just means that in that moment, they have that authority to speak. So it may mean that after the service, you go, hey, every time I'm in that song, I just feel like God wants to do this. Or, or in a moment of transition, you pull him aside. I feel like God is doing this, just submitting that to you. You know what I'm saying? The problem is this, when we're all talking sometimes, that can become really confusing for the church, and it can become really confusing for the, for the people playing. So, again, I think I, I look a little bit more to maybe have conversations with your leaders about how you guys can do that better. Um, and we're learning that, too. So I'm telling you, I just had that happen in our conference with our, our MD on staff. And it's like he was so open-hearted, and literally two weeks later, they had a moment like that. And it turns out that we ended up doing what he was feeling in his spirit. But it was all under the it was all in humility. I'm telling you, if we all can live that way, um, depending on what the system is, you will, you will honor God in those moments and not, not make it about any other thing than that. So, amen. Awesome. So just two questions I'm going to ask about worship, and then he's going to finish with production. Cool. So um, you, talked about a little, you talked about a little bit of a unity, and I just want to see what would that looks like. How do you promote, as a worship leader, unity within your team and also as a member of the worship of the worship team how do you promote unity um well unity there unity is not uniformity so what is it not it's not um what i mean by that is not like sometimes it's like oh they're so united but it's it's not at a heart level it's like they're just all doing the same thing i think for us unity is do we know each other like do we know what's going on in each other's lives? Do we know where we are spiritually? So if you were to ask me, and I'm not saying this, please don't hear this. It's not in a prideful way. But if you were to ask me about anybody on my team, I'd be able to tell you 
with 90% accuracy where they're at, what their struggles are, where their family is. I know Josh right now and Allison are trying to have a baby, and I know what their struggle has been. I know that Dan and you see what I'm saying? So it really is about knowing one another, uh, but then just what we talked about. Unity is having healthy conflict. Unity is holding up the same value, the same standard. Unity is fighting for the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's not just we're all showing up and doing the same thing and we're united. No, no, the Bible says it's unity in the spirit, right? So when I think about the spirit, I think about are we all united in the same things going into the weekend? There's, there's, there's Thursdays I show up and I'm playing and it looks like we're united. We're all saying the right thing. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not in unity. It turns out as we pray, someone's not okay. Someone needs to talk to someone else. So unity is that, man. It's just continuing to prioritize God's heart. But then what's important to us? Uh, all those things. And then really knowing each other, man. Seriously, that's like, again, that is such a key piece. If I know you're a young leader, how old are you? You're 27. And I'm 36. And you're trying to lead me. And you're telling me things and I'm like, you know, I have more musical background than you, and da 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 How do you feel? If I'm just kind of, whatever, man, yeah, sure, whatever. How do you feel? Okay, so I have a responsibility as a 36-year-old man that is under your leadership. Maybe my role is to be more of a Paul to you if you're a young Timothy. So instead of making it hard for you, unity says, I'm going to support you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to pray for you. What do you need? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to uplift you because God appointed you, not me. You see what I'm saying? So unity is it's just really finding the heart of God in every relational piece of who you are and fighting for that. I think that's where the enemy comes in. That's, what I was, that's why I started with that. He's really good at it. He's been here before anybody has. And so he knows how to bring disunity. He knows how to bring discouragement. He knows how to steal anointing. He knows how to bring sin. So what do we do? And as a leader, let me command you. First Timothy, it's just Paul saying to Timothy, hey, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. But what does he tell? But set an example on all these things, purity, love, and all that. So your job is to be consistent in those things. Our job is to go, whoever the, the team is, is to continue to fight for the right things. And so I think... Getting to know each other, man, I think staying on biblical values, staying committed to having hard conversations and growing together, I think that's how you do it, man. I mean, I th- I, that's how scripture says it. And think about the disciples and Jesus. Peter kind of messed up a lot. But Jesus and Peter talked a lot. You know what I'm saying? So that same concept, bro. Just keep modeling the Bible. Keep modeling unity in that way. Amen. Yo. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? What's your name, brother? Eduardo. Eduardo? Okay. Yes. So, uh, so it's kind of two questions. One of them is very technical. Uh, the first one would be basically you say like, okay, you guys are not an academy, for example. So it's not like necessarily like ad- academical knowledge, but there's a set of skills that you got to like teach your staff and you got to teach the worship and everybody. So what exactly is like your process of training a new person for a specific role? Mainly in, I'm asking mainly in production yeah. for like projection lights picture or stuff like that mainly like for example like if you're gonna like photoshop like if you're gonna like play an instrument usually you have the background knowledge you're not gonna teach the person from scratch but in production sometimes you might have to in a sense so what is your process to do that and yeah if you want to yeah answer and then i have a second one so that's a phenomenal question and we're getting better at it um so my encouragement is 
if y'all want any of what we have, you're welcome to have it. A couple of things. One, we needed to identify and, and systematize basically what the jobs are. <laughs> you know, it's like, we need you to run projection. What the heck is that? Uh, here's what projection means. We have actually documented all of that. So projection for us is uh, you are leading the church in worship through words. And here's how we do it. Right before the last word, before the next verse, you're changing. Like we're specific about how to even do it. Um, it's also following along in the messages. It's also triggering videos. It's also, it's actually documenting what it is and then teaching how to do it. So lights, same thing. We've now gotten to a place where we're programming lights and we're trying to make it as simple for a volunteer to jump on and go, okay, here's how you do lights. For the beginning of service, you're going to hit this number. For the second part, you're going to hit this number. Like, we've actually had to document all that. And it's taken a long time. The hard part with this is that you guys have specific software and systems, so someone's got to do it. But I think if you're able to identify what the job is and identify how you do it, one of the best places that we've used for that is our rehearsals for worship. So then we'll bring people in, and then we'll just, we'll just practice. It's just like music. A guitar player doesn't get better, but just, you just are born good. No, you, sometimes people have ability, but then you just practice and practice and practice. So we have a, a system. What we call it is called Elevate. And Elevate is for worship. You audition, and then Elevate teaches you the heart of the house, but then also preps you on a skill level on how we lead worship. Same thing for production. So it teaches you the heart of the house because we're discipling, but then it teaches you how do we do lights, how do we do audio, how do we do all those things. So technically speaking is... You guys leading the way and actually breaking down what that means and how you want it done. And again, that comes from your leader, your pastor, how they want that done. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, it's, a, it's an intricate process. It takes time. We've seen a lot of value on the back end. Got it. Like SOPs kind of situation. A hundred percent. That's exactly what we call them. And SOPs. Do you guys rehearse together, media and the worship So we actually call our worship team music and production. So if you're production, you're part of the worship team. If you're music, you're part of the worship team. We're one team. We're doing this together. This is Because if, if you don't have a good audio guy, I don't care how good you guys are. <laughs> it's going to sound like butt out there. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care how amazing your team is over there. If they're not doing what God's calling them to do, it's not going to work. It, is, it literally is one team for us. And so, yes, we've now adopted as of this year, Thursday nights is rehearsal for both. And so... Can I be honest, too, for you guys in the back, because you're a little bit more hidden, but you, I have friends that have come to my church that have said, I love how those guys in the back worship. And I think a lot of that is because they're prepared. They know what they're doing. So the guy doing the lyrics, you know, and again, I'm being, I'm being silly, but that's, that's what we want. We want you to not just do, we want you to live it. We want you to feel it. So yeah, we, we're doing our best to get that culture even more segmented, but yeah. Nice. There's I think that nice. kind of answers my follow-up would be uh, how exactly do you accommodate that? Because sometimes you're going to have, like, the worship team wanted to go to a specific place, but then the projection was set up to something else, or you're going to have the light in a certain way, but it's not looking exactly very good for the pictures. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, that kind of goes back to everybody working together and being theoretically a single team. Everybody's yeah. going to know where it's going. It's going to have the same spirit, in a sense. 100%. We... We do a lot of prep before the Thursday night. So we're actually about two to three weeks advanced in all of that stuff. Where Do you guys use Planning Center? So yeah, you know in Planning Center, you can have lighting cues. You can have audio cues. We put all that in there, man. So like when, when Thursday night happens, 
the team knows what the arrangements of the songs are. They know the big ideas of where we're going. The production team, same thing. So, like I said, the first run through, it can be you can stop and workshop a song. But we do it a second time. And the second time, we go from beginning to end nonstop. And that's everybody doing it together. So, again, whatever that looks like for you guys. But, yeah, we're working on it, man. We're, I, I wish I could tell you. We're nailing it every time. But we've gotten better at it. So, Rehearsals, yeah, so we go, uh, you are expected to be there at 6.15 on Thursday night. We start at 6.30 promptly. We spend about uh, 15 minutes praying, 20 minutes praying tops, you know, and, you know, we're just really being sensitive to that. And then, um, and then we go from basically 7 to 8 o'clock, and it's just run-throughs. So with, with an hour, we have our worship set is about 22, 25 minutes. We have enough time to run it twice. So that's how we do it. That hour is just, but it's, it's lean, man. It's like, you didn't come to practice. You came to run the song. So that's, that's part of the culture, right? So people come in. 6.30 to 8 o'clock is what we, that the expectation is. And from time to time, the, the, the vocalist will be like, hey, we're going to stand an extra 10 minutes to work on that harmony for that song because he kind of stunk. Great. But 8 o'clock, everybody's released to go. So, yeah. yeah, an hour and a half. Yes, sir. Guys.